0: Welcome to Covenant Church's Sermon Discussion. This conversation happens most Wednesdays on Facebook Live between me, Michelle Lichty, the Communication Director at Covenant, and the Preaching Pastor from the previous Sunday. If you haven't already, I recommend listening to the sermon before listening to our discussion. Well, good afternoon. Um, I am Michelle Lichty, and I am here this afternoon with David Henderson. Hi everyone and we are glad you're here we are running a little bit late today but that's okay (laughs) uh, somebody texted me yesterday and said what time does the facebook live conversation start i'm like "Mm, about a little bit afternoon (laughs) depends on what time how often how quickly we get on and (laughs) what we need to check in with before we go live so but we are here and we are here to discuss um the sermon from this past sunday the title was primary posture and this sermon series is we've finished up look to the rock which is based on isaiah 51 1 and i think this past sermon was focused really on matthew eleven twenty-nine. 29 would you agree yes that? and
1: I, I that absolutely and i would say that and coupled with the ephesians four one to three that echoes it those same mm-hmm. words and says those same qualities should be ours, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's right, because I covered a lot of different verses. It's like, which, which one was it actually technically on? Yes, you're right. exactly right.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, and in fact, um, in, the, in the notes for the podcast, I put up a ton, I put in a ton of verses because uh, I don't know if you did this in second service, but in first service, you said, just look at those verses on the screen. And I was like, oh, but if you're listening, (laughs) you may not know what those verses are. Good. Yes. Right. So I put all those string in. So the podcast notes in case somebody wanted to look those up. Um, Thanks for doing
1: that.
0: Yeah. So, um, but let's start at the beginning, which is when you talked about the shatter cone. Yeah. And um, I didn't realize that was like a technical term. You said it several times, but then of course, my son, who is a geologist was like, oh yeah, this is a shatter cone. And he start. he was telling me all about it. Um, and then you talked more about it on Sunday. And of course he leaned over to his younger sister and said, see, aren't rocks amazing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I knew I liked your son.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. So he was, he was enthralled with that. And here's what struck me about the shatter cone is um, is how you described how much it changed like the, so a shatter cone is when a meteor strikes the earth and we have a local place just like 45 minutes away, local quarry where there there was a meteor hit. I don't know when, obviously.
1: Millions of years ago, they aren't sure.
0: A long, long time ago yes. in a galaxy far, no, far far this, away. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. In a town, not so very far away. Yeah. In a town
0: Not so very far away. Um, and just how it completely changed the nature, the, um, and even the structure of the rock.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was what, I mean, we keep talking about what struck me, what, you know, that's, yeah, it's yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. we're, we're living in a pun here, but yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that was, what was so profound to me is, Uh, is the, as a result, as a metaphor, as a result Mm -hmm. of that collision, the entire structure of the rock changed. And then it was so cool to learn kind of as an unfolding bit of information about it, that that it not only changed the structure, but the entire structure then all pointed to the point of impact. So Mm. thinking about that as a metaphor for us, we have this collision with Jesus and our entire lives are transformed as a result of that encounter. And from that point forward, our lives point to him. And mm-hmm. and and reflect that. I love that um, the image that I read in one uh, geological website described shatter cones as uh, as the shock wave frozen in the structure of the rock. You know, the moment of impact hey. is reflected by every single part of the rock, and and I I really think that's I mean that's kind of the whole point of the message um, is we come into a relationship with Jesus it touches and changes every part of us in a mm-hmm. Jesus like way
0: mm mm-hmm. it does and it changes our nature and mm-hmm. it completely changes our nature and what we look like
1: um yeah that's right one of the things that i i alluded to is there you know there there are counterfeit versions of christianity one that says mm-hmm. you know it's just all about me going to heaven being forgiven and going to heaven that kind of leaves off this the whole transformation dimension of christianity Mm-hmm. and uh and then another one that says following jesus is like me running after him trying to keep up with him trying to somehow live a life that's pleasing to him or or um which all comes out of our own exertion and and part of the uh, part of what i was reflecting on a lot in this is this is his work on the inside of us shining through to the outside of us mm-hmm. um, not the thing i do or Or a life that really is not altered by that Mm -hmm. impact
0: of Jesus. Right. And you talked about Romans um, 12, 2, where it says, Be renewed. um, Oh my goodness. Now I can't remember it off the top of my head. Be
1: conformed, but be transformed. Yes.
0: Thank you. Don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And as I was reviewing my notes today, it just struck me like, yeah, if my mind is not renewed, then my beliefs will not be renewed, and then my actions will not be renewed, and then my the structure of my nature doesn't really change.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly right. So it's interesting. Sometimes people say, "Why don't you just tell us what to do?" You do when you preach the sermon, just tell us what to go and do. And often my mm-hmm. response to a comment like that is, yeah, "I could, um, mm-hmm. but." Um, often the most important thing that can happen in a sermon is just that I change my mind, that there is a different way that I'm led to think as a result of the work Mm -hmm. of the spirit and that encounter with the scriptures and then actions flow out of that renewing of the mind that happens by the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And part of why I shared that passage from Romans is it joins together those two really crucial ideas of my self-offering and my transformation. Mm. Um, that it's present your bodies as a living sacrifice and be transformed. And it's not like he's going, okay, now here's a here's a different and unrelated thought. He's saying
0: Mm-mm. this
1: leads directly to this. Right. When when our lives are opened, surrendered, then that transformation, and only then does that pre- transformation process begin to take place.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm Yes. And that is. Is one thing you said about humility which was so the whole primary posture that we are to have as followers of christ is to be humble mm-hmm. um in christ-like humility now humility you, you did say which i was i was like wow that's really true it is the least definable yet most distinguishable, distinguishable characteristic. Mm. of of a follower of Christ. And I think that that is absolutely true Um, because, and I think it kind of gets to the heart of the difference between Christianity and many other religions where it's like, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And most other religions are like, sure, here's what you need to do. You need to, you know, follow the five pillars of, of Islam. You need to, um, you know, find, nir- seek nirvana. You need to, you know, and they give you the checklist of here's what you need to do and mm-hmm. follow that. And so then it's easy for me to say, oh, I've met that expectation or I haven't. And you've met that expectation or you haven't. And mm-hmm. so I can judge you and you can judge me. Um, but with Christianity, it's more, it's so, in, it's, it's such a personal relationship and inward transformation that i can't i have no standing to say well david you are not following christ the way you should because you're not following a b and c and and same for you it's going to look it's it's going to look different for each of us and yet have some of those same elements just like Mm we you've Mm -hmm. said in the sermon series
1: yeah i think that that's really right yeah um any conversation about humility exposes the pharisaical tendency in every follower of Christ. Um, Remember the, the, the the word Pharisee means the Holy ones. And Mm -hmm. they were the ones who used the terminology to describe non-Pharisees as um, the sinners. Mm -hmm. So, wow, what a category um, set up. Um, The, the, we are the Holy ones. You are the sinners. Mm -hmm. and, And I think we all fall into that fundamental temptation and humility doesn't let us go there because we have to recognize that first, I'm a long, 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 long way from Mm Christ-likeness. And wherever there is a resemblance to Jesus, I had a grand total of nothing to do with it apart from my cooperation with the work of God. So Mm -hmm. I'm humbled on both counts. I'm humbled by what hasn't yet been formed. In the likeness of christ and i'm humbled by what it has and mm-hmm. we just don't have the the ability to, to do this the basis for doing that
0: mm-hmm. yeah and i you know we talked about being transformed into jesus's likeness um and then and then that led us to matthew eleven twenty nine, 29 that very familiar passage That where we tend to just talk about, take my yoke upon you or, and I will give you rest. And I'm, and then, but this focus was on Jesus's heart, how he describes himself for, I am gentle and humble in heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I just, I really appreciated your definitions of those words. Because I hadn't ever really considered what does "gentle" mean, and what does it mean in English versus what does the original Greek word really mean? Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think that's, um, and we talked about this a little bit in staff. But the um, one of the uh, one uh, yet another reason for us to work hard at being faithful students of Scripture is the fact that there isn't a single bit of Scripture that started out in English; it all started in another language, and And um, most words we pick to translate one word into another, there is some overlap, but it's not a one-to-one correspondence. And this is one of those gentleness. We often just think meekness and and we don't really get past a picture or being kind or something like that. And the the gentleness that's described has to do, um, and so it's really not that helpful of a word it has to do with what I do with all of the self-concerned stuff that gurgles up inside of me as a human being Mm -hmm. constantly. These are my needs. These are my wants. These are my rights. These are my desires. This is what I want. This is how I want things to go. And what do I do with that? Mm -hmm. And uh, this quality is one that essentially brings God into that picture and says, you deal with this because I can't, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be controlled by the self. I don't want, my life to be bent in on me. Mm -hmm. And so I, 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 because you are in the picture and I see you as the one who already knows my needs and already meets them and who can be trusted with every part of my life. I don't need to clamor to make my life look a certain way or go a certain way. So in, in trusting you, I can release my insistence that these things go a certain way. And you see that posture in Jesus's life all the time of him yielding to the father. And that doesn't mean no cost, no suffering, no trouble, no uh, disappointment for us. Part of, <laughs> Jesus says your life is going to include trouble mm-hmm. uh, and, and I've overcome this world, but you're in it. And, and as long as you're in it, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the other quality that comes alongside that, the one is translated humble or humble in heart in that passage Really, really is a picture of where my where I rest my gaze and how clearly I see. And so I can either rest my gaze on me again—that um, humanity bent in upon itself—and thinking mm-hmm. about me. And I come first. I'm the most important person when I walk into the room, or mm-hmm. my needs come ahead of your needs, or whatever. Um, and and this is the this describes that. Uh, opening up of our heart and eyes to God and opening out of our heart and eyes to others. So I see God as splendid, worthy of my worship, which (laughs) gives me a real sense of proper proportion. And then I see others suddenly as not being either people I can get something from or people who are in my way, but I suddenly Mm -hmm. see them as fellow image bearers of God who are worthy of my love, respect, and honor. Even if I don't happen to disagree with, or don't happen to agree with the way that they're living their life. Mm-hmm. so yeah they're these are i mean radical life altering uh, postures that jesus uh, describes himself with mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's helpful um you know i shared with you yesterday like i woke up this week really feeling really anxious and stressed right and um I was trying to figure out the source of that and why I was feeling this way. And then, uh, you know, it just occurred to me as we were discussing this, like, oh, that's interesting (laughs) how, you know, here's an opportunity for me to say, okay, God, this is how I am feeling. And you know, the circumstances and you know, the source and I have needs that I think I need to have met, and I'm going to trust you with them.
1: I love it, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, which, and which, so, And we're
1: all presented with 50 of those moments a day.
0: Right, so it's, yeah. I think it's, it's just identifying that and then mm-hmm. recognizing that this is the time, this is the moment when I can acknowledge how I'm feeling, which is absolutely right to acknowledge that, identify what the source of it is and then say, and God, I'm going to trust you with that and say it over and over and over again, every time those feelings arise.
1: And part of why you were in that position is you were serving the church and you were serving me coming in with a project that was late. And, and so there was, a, even the opportunity to go, Hey, wait a minute. What about me? Instead of all right, this is what God has presented me with as an opportunity. And um, so Lord, how do I trust you with this opportunity to love this person that is inconvenient for me? And mm-hmm. yeah, so those qualities come together in such an amazing way. Is it all about self and my needs and desires. No, God's in the picture. He's not just in the picture, but he's glorious and worthy of my worship. And then the, suddenly I see the other people around me more clearly as being worthy of my service. And um, yeah, it all knits all mm-hmm. together in an incredible life-altering way. I mean, those are the fracture lines of the shatter code. That's, right. that's what gets formed in us when we have this... Amazing collision with Jesus that mm-hmm. is life-altering.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone said on Sunday morning in our community group um, that when they're confronted with um, with feelings of anger or frustration towards another person, um, they um, they ask God to help them see Jesus's image in the other person. And I thought that was really helpful too, um, to help not be focused on oh my expectations haven't been met or my life has been inconvenienced by by your decision to cut me off in traffic like just to to see God's image, Jesus's image in that other person. Um,
1: because again, the the the. the man bent in upon himself that that uh mm-hmm. martin luther homo incurvatus is how instead of um, homo sapiens, it's it's man bent in upon himself was his fundamental description of humanity because of that for all of us mm-hmm. i walk into a situation who matters most well of course i do because i'm me i'm mm-hmm. um and and what that perspective does is suddenly it lifts the people who are around us up to a place of equal value worth importance in the eyes mm-hmm. of God to mm-hmm. us and mm-hmm. and we just see them in a different way you mm-hmm. you are you are not in the category of what either benefits or impedes my life you have mm-hmm. a, an existence separate from mine before God that mm-hmm. matters you matter
0: mm-hmm. yeah it.
1: You, Go
0: ahead. Yeah. And I was just thinking like, okay, so that's when that's, if, if our tendency is towards other people are here on this earth to, for me to, to serve me or to, for me to use or to whatever. So if that's our perspective, then, 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 um, then going through that step of you are a human, um, you are in God's image raises them up. Right. So if my tendency is to think less of myself, to think that, no, I am here on this earth for other people to use me and abuse me for, um, because of my past history or whatever, like knowing how much God loves me mm-hmm. and having a right view of his love and care and concern for me lifts me up to the same playing field as everyone else in the room.
1: That's exactly right. I walk into the room and who matters in this room? Well, turns out I do too, because I am created in the image of God and Jesus laid down his life for me and his desire is that nothing would separate me from his love for me. And yeah, I think that's a really great perspective.
0: So either way, we are equals in God's eyes. Mm, Yes. Either way.
1: Right. and. One, one other category that really complicates this emotionally for us is okay. I'm, I'm willing to grant you that, but then what if you hurt me,
0: mm, mm-hmm.
1: you know, that's when I want to take the little pin and pop the, what, whatever has you this size and diminish you back to this size. I, I want to be above you then because mm-hmm. your hurt um, is so difficult. Your hurt of me is so difficult. And to, to, to retain, Someone else as being in the, a, an image bearer of God, even when they hurt me, is I think one of the hardest theological challenges for us as human beings.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's a whole issue.
1: Yeah, it is. That's <laughs> I don't a feel I really qualified to series. talk about you, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah.
0: whoa. I think, I think where I want to go now is like, how do we pursue this humility? Yeah. And I think that, um, The thing that um, I was just trying not to, I was trying to find a word that I could use that wasn't a pun, (laughs) but I can't. So I think the thing that drilled deep in my heart with this was the, um, how do we pursue it? We admit that we lack it Mm -hmm. and like, you know, yeah, that's easy to admit that I lack humility. I lack the right perspective of who I am in this life compared with other people. I lack the ability to be, um, to not insist to have my way or to, I lack the ability to trust God to meet my needs. I feel like that's kind of easy to do. And, you know, for other people it wouldn't be, but for me, that's kind of easy. However, the harder thing is to admit, I don't really want it. Right? Like, I'm pretty good where I am. I don't really want to be gentle. I don't want to be humble of heart. I don't want to be like Jesus. Like, in some areas, yeah, absolutely. But then there's this one place over here that I'm kind of like, that's mine. It doesn't have to go to God. No, no, no. I don't I think, think I've yes, actually
1: I, identified that, but. Yeah, I, I, and that's true for every one of us. Uh, I mean, that going all the way back to Augustine's confessions, there's, there's a place where he says something like, Lord, um, uh, make me chase, but not yet. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, I'm I, okay. I'm willing to concede that this is work you want to do, but I'm not really interested in it at this point in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so I think, I think praying for, the desire for the things that are on God's heart is a great starting point. God, make me want to be mm-hmm. open to you. Make me want to be humble. Make me want to cooperate with the work of your spirit. You know, it's interesting that um, there, there is a fear that I think a lot of people have when it comes to asking God to humble us.
0: Mm.
1: And, and, and I think it is, um, it is one of the saddest distortions of the character of God that we need to be afraid to ask him anything, especially to ask him to form the likeness of Jesus in us. Um, you know, that we have this idea. It's almost like God's, God's, you know, distracted with something else. And we say, God, would you humble me? It's like, Oh, wait, did you say that? All right, let's see. Where are my lightning bolts? Where are my big wrecking balls? Where, um, let me marshal my resources to shatter this person. No, it's, What is more on the heart of God for us than that we would look like his son? That is his project of sanctification. He's already doing it, whether or not we ask him. Um, And I think when we ask him, then we only become um, more ready to receive what God has for us. Mm -hmm. But he's like we've talked about. He's he gives us 50 opportunities a day to to say, "Okay, Jesus, have your way do do in mm-hmm. me through me mm-hmm. what you want to do. And so I, that's, I mean, one of the reasons I just love that poem by John Donne that I read, it's called, it's a, I think it's one of the sonnets. I don't remember. It's numbered in different ways, but batter my heart, three person God. One of the reasons I love that is it uses this harsh language to express a complete willingness for God to do his work of transformation. It's almost an overstatement. This picture of a town Mm -hmm. that is, is, um, held captive by a rebel will. And we say, uh, God come, um, defeat my own city, lay siege to my own city. That is my willfulness and my independence and, and knock down, um, the gates that keep you out and take captive my rebel will and win me over to you. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Make me fully yours. And I, I love um, it. It's really His way of saying, "I get how many defenses I have up." God, I I understand that. I see it. I mean, you see it perfectly. I see it in part, but mm-hmm. I see how reluctant I am to let you have your way um, and to let you form yourself in me. I that's a that's a prayer that I've uh, have tried to memorize and have used often through my life, and mm-hmm. I love praying it.
0: Mm-hmm. We just
1: do not need to be afraid to ask God to humble us. Mm. I can't think what would bring him greater joy than that.
0: Yeah, And he's, you know, we've been using this violent um, metaphor of this shatter cone and batter my heart through person God and, you know, all these violent metaphors, but God is not violent. That's right. Right. Like sometimes we can have a violent interaction or encounter with God because because of that's what his purpose is for that moment. Right. But the reality is God is, God is gentle. <laughs> he is, he's, he's not pulling out the wrecking balls to just like, Oh good. I'm going to, I'm, I'm just been waiting for this moment to really get you. Um, you know, his, had, he, he is, he And I mean, Jesus embodies the gentleness and the humbleness, right? And, and God is that as well.
1: And, and, and to that, I would say yes. And, um, I, I think that's exactly right. But, and the, and just comes from, um, and I, I know that this is what you're communicating, but just to clarify kind of my own thinking, um, I think it's Psalm 57 or somewhere in there where it says in one translation, something like Lord blow them away until they come to see that you in fact are the Lord almighty. Mm. You know, God is, God is gentle, but he's jealous
0: of Mm. our affection Mm
1: -mm. and God is kind, but he is not tame. And, Mm. um, and I think one of the things we can subtly fall into, and again, I'm not saying this is what I'm not correcting you. I'm just wanting to clarify my own thinking here. Um, yeah. one of the things that we can fall into is, and we've talked about this before is, uh, God is as long as your methods meet my approval, I mm. am happy to cooperate with you. Right. And I, you, you know, my part of why I'm a follower of Christ is both my parents died in a plane crash. W- was that God killed my parents? So I would come to him. No, absolutely not. But the, that flattening of me, in my life before God was absolutely a means by which he drew me to himself. Mm. And I just would, God God will never not be good. Right. But there are times his touch will not feel gentle even though it is always loving and good.
0: Thank you for that clarification. And as soon as you said, God is gentle, but he is not tame of course. What did I think of Chronicles of Narnia, right? Right. Aslan is not a tame lion, right? So, and then in your explanation, it, it took me to the voyage of the Dawn Treader. And when Eustace meets Aslan and as the dragon, and he's, he's trying to change himself and he's trying to change himself and he cannot do it. And he finally submits to the lion and and Aslan tears off the dragon skin and it is painful and he uses his claws, but he's the only, it was the only way to free Eustace from the dragon. Yes. And which becomes he, it analogous
1: was, to surgery, you know, which is an right. incredibly gracious thing that someone does to us to hurt us so deeply for the sake of healing.
0: For the sake of healing. Right. And, and, just one more thing i want to point out from that from use experience like he doesn't like his his motive is to heal right his motive isn't to hurt so he does what he has to do and it is painful for that time but he goes no deeper and no longer than he has to
1: And that's exactly what I was wanting to make sure we captured when I said yes, and, because in that respect, God never ceases being gentle, because it is never to hurt us. And his, even those painful things are always with the heart of love to turn us back to him in repentance or to open our hearts up more to him. That is absolutely one of the most moving moments in literature, isn't it? I I think it's an incredible description
0: it is yeah it is yeah any last thoughts before we close well
1: I, yeah i think so i mean the thing that that i would want to end on and I, I think you've really anticipated this in the comments you've made and very helpful and important comments because i was aware as i crafted the message talking about Shatterco and talking about batter my heart that sounds like kind of a, a you know punching bout um which is not what the Christian life is about. So just to come to that closing image of Gail Johnston and her uh, work fashioning a picture up on the um, platform a number of years ago during a sermon that I did and then our interview afterwards and and I think that that captures more of the gentle touch of God and how mm. personal his work of transformation is us and is in us. And I, I will never not be able to remember, those three main ideals of the wheel, the well, and the wall that she brought to us, the wheel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if your life is centered across in Christ, it is an easy work for the potter to do his work. The moment your life is not centered on him, the the potter is is fighting against the clay all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. So then
1: getting centered on Christ, then the next thing that that the potter does is to hollow out the center to, to take self out of the middle and, and make of self a receptacle something that is hold something able to hold something other than itself. I mean, wow, what a picture that is just of what Mm -hmm. transformation is about. And then beginning to pull up the walls to do, to do this work of, of pinching the the outer walls and pull it up slowly so that that hollow then becomes both useful and beautiful, that, that it becomes a, a vessel in the hands of God, to be an mm-hmm. extension of that cup of cold water and that uh, expression of love with which we quench the thirst of the world. And, and I think that that picture of the potter uh, and the potter's intimate touch with the clay forming and fashioning this new work of creation in our lives mm-hmm. that um, mirrors the initial work, um, uh, I, I think is just one that I, uh, I find I like to have in my head and is one mm-hmm. I'd love to leave in our heads as we mm-hmm. end.
0: It is a compelling image. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you for your time.
1: Yeah. Joy to be with you. Thanks for yours, Michelle. And and you all, thanks for joining us.
0: Yes. Thank you all for joining us, whether you were live with us on Facebook or later on our blog or listening to us on the podcast, we appreciate that you took the time to be with us today. And, um, well, I won't be here next week, so we're not going to have a have a discussion next week um, but i'll be back in two weeks so
1: and in the meantime we we are starting into our series the light and the lamp on the first three chapters of john's gospel so That's a great, great thing to do in this in between time we just be reading through those chapters and especially for sunday reading the first 18 verses of john's gospel
0: thank you for that reminder right. <laughs> all right we'll see you I'll later have a you. great day
1: bye-bye